everybody, and welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. I'm one of your hosts, Molly. I'm the other one. It's Blair. And today we are talking about something I think a lot of us can relate to, which is when one of the partners in a relationship has a different parenting style. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I find it incredibly universal. The reason why we're doing this episode is one of our listeners wrote and said this. Hi, I wanted to thank you so much for the podcast. I'm an expat mom in Europe with a husband from another European country. I'm changing the names of the countries <laughs> to protect their innocence and anonymity. And sometimes it's really hard to find my bearings when there are so many styles and ways to parent. I wanted to ask if you could maybe do an episode, check, mm-hmm. about what to do when your husband slash co-parent has a different parenting style. I'm very much about positive parenting while my husband is old school authoritarian. And this is somewhat having to do with the culture that he came from. We have so many disagreements and we seem to always get to the point where each of us is convinced that the other one is wrong. And it's the other parent style that is disrupting their behavior, the children's behavior. (laughs) That's tough. That's hard, man. It's hard on the kids and the marriage when all we want is what's best for my very spirited trilingual two and five year old boys. Yes, trilingual. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Thanks so much, and thanks again for the podcast that always brings me back to earth when I start worrying and spinning out. Aw, that's nice. Thanks. Really nice. Oh. Thank you, listener. What a conundrum. Such a conundrum. But so common. So common. And I think it, what really struck me about that note was also just the heaviness of it. Like, the way if you discipline or, you know, deal with your kids in different ways... That's not just isolated to your relationship with your kids. It bleeds out into every relationship, most importantly, the one of your marriage or partnership. I really, really felt that. Yeah. It's so funny because (laughs) once we had kids, there was so much about my husband that I was like, wow, I had no clue. Like good and bad, right? I was like, oh, I had no clue that you would do this or that this is a part of you. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, this is like amazing. I love seeing this part about, about you. But it's like, there's so much that you don't, even in having the conversation before we had children about having children and our parenting styles and our goals and how we wanted to come together as parents, blah, 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 blah. it still was a totally different ballgame once the kids got here. That's absolutely true because you can talk until the ends of the earth about how you think you parent or how you think you will parent. Mm -hmm. But until you put parenting into a practice Mm -hmm. and all of those generational lessons and traumas and yeah. Right. Come into play where all of a sudden things start to come out your pores that you did not even know that you would do. Or things that you were like, things you always said, I would never do this. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, bam, I am doing this. Because it's what you know. Because it's what you know. And then your partner calls you out on it. And you're like, what? Uh, It's feeling this hard for sure. Yes. And I think we all know, of course, in our brains, and it's hard to get into our hearts and our bodies, but why it's so important to be on the same page when parenting. But let's just kind of go over that. This comes from an article on empoweringparents.com called When Parents Disagree, How to Parent as a Team. Kids know when their parents are not unified in their decisions about discipline. Mm. And their lack of unity 
creates anxiety for these kids because they are unsure of the rules and what matters and what doesn't. And this anxiety contributes to, guess what, further behavior issues. Of course. Or manipulation station. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Once they're just like, oh, okay, I see that these two aren't on the same page. Let me just uh, find the page that is going to let me get away with what I need to be getting away with. Oh, absolutely. That's the next thing. They say they learn to get off the hook by playing one parent off the other. Manip- yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They figure out very quickly that once the parents turn to each other and turn on each other, the focus is off of them. And that's when they get crafty. <laughs> and they crafty. They, They're they, so crafty. They're very crafty. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I think my parents did a pretty good job when I was younger of being on, and not even a pretty good job. They did an excellent job of being on the same page. Mm-hmm. If they had differences in how one parent reacted to my behavior or misbehavior, in any way I didn't know about it and I know the reason why is because I remember the one time I did see that break in their partnership and I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and I was unruly (laughs) (laughs) and I think I had just pushed them to that point where put put them there and then one of them I think it was my dad had some kind of a bigger reaction I can't remember what it was and I remember my mom churning to him sort of in I remember in slow motion she probably didn't do it in slow motion but I cannot say that for sure <laughs> but she turned to him kind of slowly and went whoa 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 and I was and I rem- isn't that funny that I remember that like oh, yeah that was 30 years ago yeah and I still remember that moment because it was the first time that I realized but oh god it is an automatic that little thing in your heart goes oh this might be an opportunity for me to get out of blank whatever it was that I did mm-hmm mm-hmm Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Ah, Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes. Yes. I am going to the dance. Still in it, mom. Yes. (laughs) Whatever restriction I was about to just be put on might be in question right now. (laughs) And then the other part of that sort of kids being so whip smart about this stuff is that they figure out that if they can get one parent to be on their side... Then it's now a two against one battle and the child parent team usually wins. Of course. Because it's two against one. Of course. Of course. Yep. And ultimately the upshot is your child's behavior won't change if you're more focused on fighting your spouse than holding your child accountable for his behavior. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again. Your child's behavior will not change if you're more focused on fighting your spouse, each other, than holding your child accountable for his behavior. Think of it like lasers. Like if we have laser beams for eyes and attention and two parents are focused on the kid, that kid's in the light. That kid's going to get their behavior you know, yeah. dealt with. Once those two laser beams turn on the parents, all of a sudden that child's in darkness. Forget it. So there's no accountability for behavior. And like they said, that creates anxiety because they're like, wait a minute. Oh, maybe that rule that I've always followed doesn't apply anymore. And what that must like, oh, what that's got to feel like as a kid to like, because I like you, Molly, my parents were very like on the same team, especially when it came to disciplinary things and whatnot. Yeah. Which I'm pretty thankful for. Didn't feel so good at the time, but you know, <laughs> I got, you know, the boundaries were very clear. Yeah. But I can imagine what that must feel like for a kid who just doesn't have the ways because their parents are at odds with each other. That's got to be so, so incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. And not having like the language themselves. I mean, especially for like little, little ones, kids, little ones, like, ugh, 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 ugh. Yes. And we don't want to leave our kids flailing 
out there. You know, this is why we have boundaries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Firm, gentle boundaries. Yeah. And if we can hold those boundaries together, it's that much more empowering for us and our kids. Yeah. This just in. What? Parenting ain't easy. (laughs) (laughs) As I said to my friend the other day, parenting's for the birds. For the birds. I don't need it. Take it away. So how do we do this? I have to say something. (laughs) You just go through your day, right? We go through our day. We go through our day. We go through our day. My schedule is very different from my husband's schedule. He's much more like he's a college teacher. So he's up in his office and teaching and that kind of thing. And I, you know, do the after school stuff, whatever. But we're very, you know, I like to think that we're very together in our partnership. But when you stop and like think about it, you start to doubt everything you do. You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm reading these things and I'm like, have we done that? Well, you know, me and Blair always talk about how we broke our kids. We're like, oh, we, we probably broke them. Broken. Sorry. Sorry. Good luck. So it's interesting. I think it's good to slow down and listen to a podcast like this and for me to do look up these things because we're learning along with you listeners. Mm hmm. But it was a cold slap in the face reading some of these things where I was like, Woo, we got to get a little better about this. <laughs> so the first thing they suggest is make it a rule that if one parent disciplines a child, the other parent must back it up, even if the other parent disagrees with the punishment. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You got to present yourselves as a unified team to your child or it will undermine your authority as parents. Now, here's the big thing. Mm hmm. And this is what I don't know about my parents. I should ask them. I should ask Lynn and Dick about this. Later, when things are calm and you're out of earshot of your child, you and your spouse can discuss alternate ways of handling things. Okay. That makes sense. Which I really like because you're not discussing what went wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. You're not saying, why did we do that? We have to go and fix it or whatever. You're saying, okay, in the future, what are some alternate ways we could have handled that? Maybe we weren't exactly on the same page, but we're certainly not going to bring it up or belie it in our faces because I'll tell you something. My six-year-old son knows what's on my face. (laughs) If my husband says something in disciplining him and I don't agree with it, I got to be real careful because my son catches everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. He'd be like, you sure about that, Dad? You might want to check with Mom. Mom, how do you feel about that? (laughs) Yeah, your face tells me you might be on my side. (laughs) And then the plotting begins. (laughs) And you can also, I feel like, too, just like how we've discussed in the past, like when you like lose your temper or and you need to apologize or you don't know have the answer to a question. Right. And you need to come back to it. I feel like you could like discipline, do what you need to do. And if it's not working or you're not on the same page and you do have that moment, change it up. You can always go back to the kid and be like, all right, listen, mommy and daddy, or, you know, we've talked about what went down and we're not you know, we think that X, Y, and Z needs to happen instead of... I don't know. I just feel like if it's still united, you can always come back to it. You know, so much stuff happens in the heat of, like, stuff. I agree with you to a certain point, but I think that one thing I would be concerned about... On the one hand, I feel like, yes, in life, you can, like... Your kids are human being. Like, you can talk to them. But you got to be careful, in my opinion, about going back because then the next time you discipline them, them, they might not really take it to heart because they'll be like, oh, they'll just come back in a half an hour and change it anyway. Or I'll just work on them for the next 24 hours and they'll change their mind. Right. So it's almost like you got to leave it there and be like, well, okay. That's that. That's that. And next time we'll do this other thing. Got it. But you have a good point, Blair, which is things that happen in the heat of the moment. 
I've definitely like said things, administered, you know, restrictions or whatever on my son. You can't have this because you behave this way, whatever. That I was like, ah, shoot, maybe that was a little heavy handed. So I can go back. If you have that moment where you're flailing in a moment of discipline, this is a suggestion from Parents Magazine. How to parent with a partner when you can't agree on a parenting style. And what they say is use a catchphrase when help is needed. This is, I've never thought of this. I've never thought of this. Yeah. They say treading on your partner's toes in the middle of disciplining can lead to resentment later. However, your partner may genuinely need a save from a situation. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. So good from a situation that is out of hand. Yeah. Finding a way to signal your needs in the moment can help you work collaboratively without confusion. Like that is a ring a ding ding, ding a ding ding dong, because I'm the disciplinarian in my family. Uh huh. And most of the time. And there was a situation last week. I don't know what, I can't remember what happened. I mean, you know. But I said to my husband, I was like, could you get in here? And I said it like that. And I was like, can you get in here? Can you help me? I need backup. Yeah. And it was just that thing of just like, I know we're on the same page here. You come in. I'm like, my cup runneth over. I am full of being like this person all of the time, especially for today. Like you come in here. And I remember thinking to myself, I wish we could have like tag teamed that better. Because he was fully like, yeah, like stop acting like that or, you know, but it was like from the sidelines, like, mm-hmm, good job, coach. I'm like, I need help. <laughs> yeah, I don't need an assistant coach. I need I a co-head coach. I need a co-head coach. Well, that's great. Well, their suggestion, or they're not their suggestion, but their example is somebody said, my husband and I use the word rope, meaning we need to get pulled out of here. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I sort of love that. That's a good one. Now, here's part two of this suggestion from parents, which Again, I'm with you, Blair. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm doing this today. I'm talking to my husband today. Mm-hmm. We're going to have that code word. Now, this was another mind blow. Part two of it, which is the code word doesn't need to be kept secret from your kids. Oh, that's me. Yes. Let them know. Yeah, let them know. It says it's okay to use a known code word in front of the kids so you can be honest about your emotions. Yes. By being transparent, you're saying, I want to be more in control than I am and I need to take some time to manage my emotions. It's actually a really good lesson for them to learn that no one is perfect. And teamwork. Yes. In partnership, like in partnership, we're in this together. You don't have to, whenever you're hot, whenever you're sad, whenever you're whatever, mm-hmm. you can call in for backup and you can get that help. I love that. Yes. That's such an actionable step. Totally. I love it. Quick clause in here. The exception to going along with your partner's uh, you know, discipline style or whatnot in the moment and then talking about later about how you can handle it in the future The exception, of course, always is if your spouse's actions are physically or emotionally harming your child, then you must say, I cannot go along with this and then take whatever necessary steps you need to to protect your child. Absolutely. So that's the exception. Obviously, you do not have to go along with a spouse whose disciplinary style is physically or emotionally harming Mm -hmm. your child. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Number one reason why we're here is to make sure our kids grow up into strong, healthy humans, Mm -hmm. not to make sure our, our spouse is right all the time. If it doesn't feel like you're protecting them, then you're not. Yeah, if they're exposed. Yes. Man, that's a tough one. Speaking of tough one, I hate to stop talking, but we'll be right back. (laughs) Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. 
Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun, so check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, everybody. We're back talking about when parents parent differently. So another tip is try to defer to the one who feels most strongly on an issue. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Not in the moment, obviously. We've already learned that we don't do these things in front of our kids, but when we're talking to them later and we're our partners later in a calm moment in private, out of earshot of our kids, and we're figuring out in the future, because disciplinary issues are going to never go away. (laughs) So if there's a particular issue, if you're really adamant about your position on it, you could say something like, I feel so strongly about this. I'd like you to support me on this, even if you don't see it the same way. Or can I ask you to go along with me on this one, even if you don't agree? I can't say that this is the best decision, but my gut is telling me to give it a try. Can you support me on this? That's open hearted. Really? That makes me nervous saying that out loud. Because it's a little bit, it makes me vulnerable. I'm thinking of it in a way of like how sometimes like the kids need direction and discipline for something that I know isn't necessarily a big deal. And I don't have, I like, I don't really want to, I don't feel like dealing with it, but I know that it needs to be dealt with. I'm also looking at it from that standpoint to be like, hey, yo, I'm indifferent about this, but I know that this needs some TLC. Can you handle this? Is that the same thing? That's a good question. I, I wonder if what you're vocalizing, verbalizing, saying, just say saying, Molly. Vocoding? Is kind of the opposite. Mm, okay. Probably. Not the opposite, but like the flip side of it. It sounds like what you're saying is sort of like... Right. I don't feel strongly about it or I'm like... Or sometimes I do feel strongly about it. I think what I'm saying is like sometimes I just want to like step down. Yeah. And then you should like sometimes I I think that's the other thing. Sometimes I just want to go have a Well, maybe that's the thing where you say to your husband in that private moment. Well, you wouldn't be having a private moment if you didn't care about it. If you disciplined your kids and your husband took the lead and you were like, I just need this to be solved. You probably wouldn't need that alone time afterwards with him. Right. If you feel neutral about it or if you're like, please just fix this. Yeah, because I'd be in bed with my feet up. Yeah. I mask on (laughs) podcast in ears. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, this is more like if your husband is saying, hey, listen, this is really important to me. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if it's not quite as important to you, you might want to go. All right. Just kind of defer to them on this one. As long as it doesn't go against like some moral or, you know, a value that you strongly. Because that's the tough part is when two people feel really strongly about it. Yeah. And then you just have to like take some breaks and take some steps. We'll talk about those more later, actually, about what you can do when you it gets hot. It gets heated sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. If your spouse feels more strongly about this and you've decided to go along with their decision and then you have time with your child afterward or whatnot, 
the biggest thing is to never throw your partner under the bus. Never. Ever. Never. Never. I've seen people do that. It's really gross. I don't like that at all. Mm -mm. Like, I remember at one, I think one time I was busy or I had a really hard day, something, and and my husband had, was in the other room and said something. I couldn't hear him and I'm covered in laundry and I like, I think my hands were covered in food color. I I just had one of those days. Mm. And my son said something like, what did Dada say? And I go, I don't know. Mm. Which I never would normally do. I'd say, oh, I'm not sure. Let's find out. Or, you know what? I'm not sure. We'll find out in a minute. Let's just get you into those pajamas or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I remember that my tone and my sound belied my true feelings (laughs) about my frustration toward my husband who had done nothing wrong. It was just my personal frustration with my life in that moment. Girl, yes. Yes. And I remember it. I remember it. I remember it. I did equal, just covered in responsibilities that I had zero time for or want for. And fatigue. And fatigue. And I remember, oh, I asked my son to go ask my husband for something. And then he came back and he's like, I can't find daddy. And I was like, yeah, because he's probably pooping. (laughs) That's very funny. But it was like, but. Pooper's got to poop. Listen, Pooper's got to poop. And my husband does a lot of it. But I remember saying that. And then I was like, this is going to catch up to me. Because I was like, see, I was serious. I was serious. Yeah. And sure enough, a couple times, my kids, both of them, be like, what's daddy doing? Pooping. (laughs) Oh, dear. Gosh, they hear everything. Whoops. But it was also that moment of just like, yeah, like, I need you. Like, you are my teammate. Yes. You know, like, I really need you in this, like, God bless, toot toot, beep beep to all those single parents out there. I mean, I need my husband. Yeah. And I just remember having that moment like you where it's just like, ugh, don't do that. Don't throw him under the bus because it's not only is it a bad look, but it's just like, it, I don't know, it just feels like almost like bad karma in a way to like. Ooh, yes. And it breaks your unity. Yeah. To like, and like, I love this dude and like, he does so much for us. Like, you're wrapped up in your mess. Mm-hmm. Take a breath. Take, a, Take breath. a breath. Yeah. And it's it goes, yeah, those little sighs, those little asides. And then after disciplining your kid, it's you got to do it even harder. Like you have to just stick with the decision. However, and I believe it's Parents Magazine that reminds us, you should still empathize with your child without throwing your spouse under the bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you might say something like, oh, I, I know it's hard for you. You really wanted that toy. I see that it bothers you because you feel... You want more time to play before bed. Mm-hmm. However, blah, 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 whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you're empathizing with your child's feelings, but you're not breaking the unified stance. And it, and it tells your kid you're, the kid's not alone. Mm-hmm. Because remember that thing we said earlier about two against one? Sometimes it can feel like two against one when it's two parents against the kid. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I felt like that as a kid. I was like, really? <sighs> no one's taking my side here? I am all alone here. Ugh, fine. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it would have helped for, you know, my mom or dad to be like, yo, I get it. But this is just how it is. And I try to be a little bit more empathetical that's not a word empathetic you just needed to end it at empathetic i just needed to end it like most things i do in my life i just needed to just stop right where you are (laughs) but yeah i was like i try to be more like that yeah or even when i'm setting down the hammer which doesn't always feel good by the way like i'm not like yay the disciplinarian i love being the disciplinarian of my family nope i don't but i understand how important it is for them But I also try to come with like, I get it. 
but this is what I'm doing to keep you safe and let you know just how firmly I love you. Yeah, I see your feelings and mm-hmm. every feeling is valid. Yeah. Like, it's okay to feel that way. You're still not going to go to the dance or whatever. You still ain't going to that dance. <laughs> yeah, but I love you. <laughs> and then Parents Magazine also reminds us, and this is kind of like, again, a general thing, but really good to remember. Make sure you have planned couple time slash date night slash date days slash meet for lunch so your relationship isn't being lost because let me tell you something. We talked about this on the pod all the time Mm -hmm. because your kids are going to grow up and move out and you're going to be left looking at someone who you haven't had a date night with in 18 years. You're like, who are you? Who is this? When did you? What? When did our hair get so gray? (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth? And then plus, you know what, Molly? What I find, and this is, we're bad about date nights. We're really bad about date nights because we take our kids on date nights. Boo! Right, that's uh, the opposite. That's the complete opposite. But I find that whenever we do have date nights, we tend to go back to those moments where we have been like not on the same page or you know, we're like, where we just, every time we have a date night, it's like this, like these puzzle pieces that kind of like drifted off and got lost underneath the bed. And, you know, like they come back together. Like we always seem to have conversations where we're just like, oh, right. You, me, right. Okay, cool, 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 cool. We're here. But it needs to just happen way more often. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to schedule it. Listen, it's, Expensive. It's expensive. Because <laughs> you got to get a babysitter if you don't live, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a village. Yeah, it's tough. So maybe try and find those pockets. I may have discussed this on the pod before, but here it goes again. One thing my husband and I like to do is to find moments, literally like where I just drop off a Dunkin' Donuts coffee for him. Shout out to D&D. Daisy. <laughs> Dizzly day. <laughs> and I sit in the car and I drop off the coffee and we and he stands next to the car and I swear those 10 minutes of chatting over an overpriced cold brew our moment to connect so then when we when he comes home from work and he enters the chaos of yeah you know me getting dinner on the table and whatever and we barely make eye contact i'm like i ain't got time to make eye contact with you my eyes are busy (laughs) you know i have like one foot holding the dog away from the stove i have one child it's like madness yeah so to have those moments to connect also i know it's some people might not agree us sending each other funny texts or just checking in over text during yes. the day. Yes. So really helps. Key. Yes. It's all about just keeping that connection so that when you have these times where you feel buried mm-hmm. by, you know, differing parenting styles or disciplining mm-hmm. your kid or whatever, mm-hmm. you can come together even more quickly. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like just going back to this reader that sent this, I think it's also like empathizing with how your partner was raised. Because I think that that's something that me and Bill have talked about a lot is like, I tell him like how I was raised and how he was raised. And we talk together about how it made us feel, first of all. And then second, how we want to like improve upon, do better or not at all. Yep. And I think that sometimes that just like that's not a part of the conversation because you know i think we're just now getting like woke to the fact that what's underneath it is the most important thing it's not like it's not the face value of it it's what's right there underneath it so i think that that's like something that maybe we can all go to is that like when we see our partners doing this like 
egregious behavior or, you know, like these parenting styles that we don't agree with. It's like, where is this coming from? Like, what's underneath this? And for me, too, it's like a lot of it sometimes, especially being the disciplinarian and being that old school coming from that old school disciplinarian thing is I fear my children acting a certain way because I fear that fear inside of me that I felt when I was being disciplined. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. It is, I really, sometimes the way that I discipline my children is completely out of the fear that I felt as little Blair. And I don't want them to feel that way, but it's also, it's what I learned. And so I need to come up with a code word so I can be like, rope! Put me out! (laughs) Yes, that's great. And that's one way, you know, that we are going to get through this with our spouses. Mm. You're right, is to like understand the family history that your spouse is coming from. Their culture, like our listener who wrote in, their husband comes from a traditionally very authoritarian culture, Mm -hmm. etc. Their past, you know, we say trauma... And it may be minor or major, but we have to keep in mind that we're all human beings and underneath, like you said, underneath the surface are so many things, our pasts, our proclivities, our values, Mm -hmm. our pain, our joy. So if you think about and understand, try to understand what's underneath that skin, Mm -hmm. as they say in this article, it may help you to see things more objectively and less personally. Oh, there it is. There it is. I take everything personally. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Yes. And you'll be able to respond with less judgment. And in the process, you'll also better understand your own history and belief system. There it is. It's empathy. And we're all gunning for the same thing. To be understood. That's it. And sometimes we push and push and push. And sometimes we need to tell ourselves or each other, we need to stop pushing. We need to take a step back and look at why we are this way. Why am I this way? Another hot tip that I love and I'm going to bring into my life is try to help each other to see that safety issues and cultural norms change over time. Things change. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? (laughs) And that's hard to remember. It's hard. It is. It is. It is. Why do we think that, though? That's the thing. Why are we so stuck on the idea that this is how it is? I know. Because we figured we turned out okay, so I guess we'll do it the exact same way. Did we? Did we turn out okay? Are we all doing okay? We're okay. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, just remember and remind yourself and your spouse and try to work together to remember what might have worked back when your spouse was a kid might not make sense now. Or what worked in his family when he was growing up might be different than what works in your family now. And guess what? It's your family. It's, it's not your, your family. Exactly. It's not your parents' family. It's not your spouse's parents' family. You and your spouse get to decide the rules in your family. Are we in church this morning? It is your family. That is such a good point, Molly. It is your family. You do for you. This isn't your mother-in-law's family. This ain't your daddy's family. This is your family. Yep. Man, is that hard to remember. We have so many pressures on us. And so many voices. So many opinions. So, I mean, think about just like when we have babies. When we're pregnant. When we're trying to get pregnant. Boy, does that start early. All the voices and the things. It's almost like you're not even allowed to own the fact that you're about to start your own family. Ah, oh, on that note, we'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. 
The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Welcome back to Solid Purgatory, where we are talking about different parenting techniques. I thought you said, saddle up, purgatory. Saddle up, purgatory. Your toddlers are here and so are you. So saddle up. It's going to be a bumpy (laughs) ride, (laughs) y'all. Forever. Forever. So where we left off in section two, the bottom line is it's you and your spouse who get to decide the rules in your family. The other thing, you know, as far as the interpersonal stuff of having the time to talk through the moments where you divided in your parenting strategies. Just remember to listen to your spouse and give each other the space to speak with no interruptions when you're calm. So you might even say, I'm going to let you talk and I'm going to say nothing for a couple minutes. I'm really, (coughs) truly give them that space and then say, and I'd like you to give me the same. We need an opportunity. We need an open venue, so to speak, to let out how we truly feel. Because I don't know about you, but like, Things can get, and I say hostile, and I don't mean that in like, we're not mean to each other, but like, oh, you know, they talk about this. Yeah, they say, if you're talking with your spouse and find that the conversation is getting more and more hostile, take a time out, take a walk, go for a drive. Here's a script that they suggest. Let's each spend a few minutes talking about this. I'm just going to listen to you, and I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to interrupt you. Just let me hear why this one is so important to you. And keep in mind that hostility isn't just yelling and fighting. Hostility can include sarcasm. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. It can, yes, dismissive comments, put-downs, subtle threats, and other forms of damaging communication. Where, and here it is, yet again. Where does it come from? Mm -hmm. What is underneath that? I mean, listen, sarcasm, side comments, come sit next to me. I'll teach you how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have anything nice to say, come sit near me. Come sit next to me. What's that from? Steel Magnolias. It says, don't let your conversations get there. Be mindful when this is happening and take a time out. And then come back when you can actually speak to each other objectively. Oh, my goodness. That is like, talk about put into practice. That is something that you really just have to put into practice. That's really hard. 
Especially like, I mean, don't let me have to deal with stuff like this at the end of my day. Oh, gosh. When you don't have any strength left in your body. Nothing. It's got to be the right time. You're right, Blair. It has to be the right time. And that's an interesting thing. Like if you come apart in like your strategies for disciplining in in the moment and one of you defers to the other and you, you set it up, maybe after the kid goes to bed isn't the best time to talk about it. You have a good point. Because I don't know about you, but I am depleted. Done. I am done at 8.05. No, no, nobody say nothing to me, please. Yes. And I think I wouldn't be in the right frame of mind to hear anything my husband had Mm -mm. to say. Mm -mm. Not in a fair way. Yeah, exactly. Not even like where I could like really... Because there's sometimes that we have... The kids are to bed. I'm in bed. He'll come in and just to like, you know, just chat. And I'm like, sometimes I'm half listening because I'm... Oh, tired. And I'm just like in the zone of just like my brain is like, we're good. We're good. Everyone good. All right. Shut it down. Shut it off. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad, but it's also just like, I can't help it. It's just like, this is where I'm at right now. Yeah, this is where I am. And that's actually another opportunity for communication is to say, yeah, yeah, I know we need to talk about this, but can we put a pin in it till tomorrow? Because (laughs) I don't think I'd be able to listen to you objectively. Yeah. And I'd like to give you that respect because I love you. And also, on top of that, not that, listen, this just in, Molly and I are also not marriage specialists. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not. No, we're not. No. Just along those lines of just like, sometimes I go to bed with feelings and I hate that like idea of like, don't go to bed angry. Okay. I'll take a couple breaths. But I'm not, I'm too tired to have a whole conversation to work it out. I might have to be a little bit angry. I might be a little bit in my feels, but I do need to just like be by myself and I'll figure this out tomorrow. I'm going to be, I'm going to go dead a little hot. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. And maybe just communicate that to your husband. Yeah. I can't talk to you about this right now. Boy, do I love you, but no. You, you done pissed me off. Night, night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. You just got to do what you got to do. But truly give yourself and your spouse, the give your marriage the respect that it deserves too, where maybe you will. Look, my husband and I put things on the calendar <laughs> that feel like they should be instinctual. Yeah. But look, sometimes I'm like, how are you at 1 p.m. tomorrow to have a talk about this, this thing that happened earlier this evening? It just is what it is. It's modern times. We're both busy. We mm-hmm. both work, you know, mm-hmm. just do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And don't forget about preserving that connection too. whether that's through date nights, whether that's through a cup of coffee. Even today, I said to my husband after we got my son out the door and onto the school bus at like 715 or whatever, I said, can you sit in for two minutes and have a cup of coffee with me? And unfortunately, he couldn't. But like, it's even reaching out to try and do those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Also, the dog was scratching at the door. I had to bring him to the dog park. It was a... Big, big moment in my house. <laughs> we had dogs scratching. <laughs> we had stressed out husbands going to work. Mm-hmm. But f- try to find that time. And as we always say, like Blair said, we are not marriage counselors, but there are people who are. Mm-hmm. And so get professional help if you need it. There's ain't no shame in that game. And there's so many things that you can do online, too. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like in between working from home, yeah. that lunch break, take that 30 minute betterhelp.com. Yeah. You know, therapy sesh. And they say therapists are a neutral party who could help recognize patterns that need to be broken. Ain't that the truth? And also be the voice of reason 
and validation. I know that sometimes, even when I go to my therapist, she's like, girl, it's okay to feel that way. And I'm like, it is? It is? She's like, yes. <laughs> she's like, yes. I was like, I'm not crazy. She's like, no, well, we're still working on that. But, you know, yeah, you're good. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Just to hear, just to hear someone. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just the two of you. Yeah. And it's just the two of you just bouncing off each other off the walls, just trying to figure it all out with these children that are just like, you do it. Waiting for the opportunity to strike. (laughs) To get you. And then the flip side of these times where we are at odds with our partner on certain parenting techniques, the flip side, and this is a good reminder, natural differences between spouses can be a source of strength. Yeah. Like how great that your kids get to see you have differing opinions, have differing ways and paths that you are bringing into this and figuring it out. Thank That's goodness. amazing. Yes. 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 They say differences can help us expand our perspectives and understand one another better. Just understand that differences are a strength only if we can communicate effectively, overlook minor offenses and forgive one another. Mm. Ooh, ooh, overlook minor offenses. Yeah. And not let that pile up. The minor ones. Yeah. The, my yeah. oh my. So to our original listener who wrote in, boy, do we appreciate you for listening and also for being so honest and bringing up yeah, this subject and, with us. Yeah. 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 And good luck to you. Hopefully you've tuned into this and it has helped you out a little bit. Yeah. And here she is in expat living in a foreign country with a husband who's from a different country than that. I mean, what first of all, what a beautiful life you're building for your children. Indeed. Uh, And that's so wonderful. And they will have the benefit of seeing you and your husband find ways through this. They'll learn cooperation. They'll learn love. They'll learn working it out. They'll learn that you don't have to always get along with somebody to still love them. You know what I mean? Like I say that to my son all the time. When When I'm mad, when I'm sad, when I'm happy, when I'm glad, through it all, I love you. That's always it. And her kids will be able to tell her in three different languages, which is even doper. I'm trying to teach my son when he's learning Spanish to when he gets to 14, say, Catorce, like you two. Oh, no, it does, Chase. Catorce. <laughs> Catorce. sort of catching on. Sort of not. But will I let it go? Absolutely not. Shh. Absolutely not. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you again to our listener for writing in. We really appreciate you. And we'll see you next time on Toddler Purgatory. Take it easy, y'all. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayeni, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly. 
your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking